1: will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly. And in a few moments, I will be joined by Mike and Megan to continue our Batman retrospective. That's right, this is part 2B. In the last episode, we covered off Mask of the Phantasm, the animated uh, film that sort of came out and spun out of the animated series. And now we're going back into those live-action films. We're going to be talking about Batman Forever and the god-awful Batman and Robin. So buckle in, sit back and enjoy as we start the rest of our retrospective. So, we're now going to jump forward two more years, two years, and uh, we we get to Batman Forever. Uh, Michael Keaton had been offered a script, been offered to come back for a third film, turned it down. Um, That happened in 93, 94. And also Tim Burton had written a script, and they said, no, (laughs) we know what you did with the Batman Returns. (laughs) Um, We want to be able to sell merchandise for this. Um, And so they actually said, well, why don't you go off and do something different? So they gave him um, Superman Lives, was what they were going to do, which is a whole different story. Um, So this got given to Joel Schumacher and they hired Val Kilmer. But this is supposed to be a direct sequel to Batman and Batman Returns. I didn't, I've never, I struggled to see it as that because it's so different. Um, Yeah. It's just
0: Alfred, basically, that's the only common denominator, isn't it? And,
1: and Commissioner Gordon. They're the only oh, that's it. characters, yeah.
0: The most important character in the whole thing, yeah, <laughs> Commissioner Gordon.
1: The, how he's still in office after all these years, like.
0: Well, it's funny in Batman and Robin. He's,
2: Why was I getting? I was getting angry at him earlier. It was the Why only was I time getting he's ever angry? At ever him? done
0: anything? Which is in Batman and Robin, you got annoyed about. It's the remember when they're crawling on the floor and he pulls the lever and you
1: were like, <laughs> Oh yeah, he like, tears Chris off the, the freeze God. thing. The first time I was like, he's
2: finally done something to <laughs> help everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is useless. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> but, well,
1: even, okay, we'll get into this. I'll get into it because even in the opening scene of this film, like it, it sort of like really sort of like lambast of how useless he is. <laughs> um, this film. It came in 1995, uh, directed by Joel Schumacher, starring and this is a whole hell of a list. We've mentioned Michael Go comes back as Alfred, so you know Glutton for Punishment, uh, Val Kilmer, Chris O'Donnell, Nicole Kidman, Tommy Lee Jones, and obviously Jim Carrey. More than that, though, weirdly, it's sort of like it's also got Drew Barrymore in. Mm. Yeah, we um, noticed that. And De- and Debbie Mazer, who. Probably is nothing to you, but I know it has like the baddie in. Her, like she's done a whole load of stuff around this time. She's the. Have
2: you ever seen Beethoven? That's in dog in the film. one about the dog.
1: The big yeah, the Saint Bernard. I think I, I, I have at some point.
2: I've seen it referenced. I've not okay, seen yeah.
1: it. Okay, she's she's a baddie in that, and she's a baddie in something else. And so she was she was known in this era, but to see her in this, I was like, oh yeah, this that's really weird. I forgot you did this.
0: <laughs> we were like that with Drew Barrymore when she. We were like Megan
1: was like, is that is that Drew Barrymore?
0: you're like, is it? And then she got close and looked at the screen and said something. And like, oh, okay, I guess it is.
1: <laughs> this is before, um, this is before, what is it, Charlie's Angels.
0: Okay, right.
1: So and ju- just before Charlie's Angels, really. At this point, she's got clean and she was trying to get herself back into Hollywood. Uh, I see. She, she went through a very, very dark period. Um, basically, E.T. fucked her up. Um, in many ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Batman Forever. So um, th- this film is a, is a neon delight. Um, and uh, the, the point I want to make straight away is the opening scene of this film is Tommy Lee Jones playing Two Face, clearly having only ever watched Jack Nicholson's Joker as any reference uh, point to what should, a Batman villain should be, is about to rub a bank. And Commissioner Gordon, the police force are just literally stood around waiting for Batman to arrive.
2: <laughs> you said that. I, I just get so infuriated by yeah. it. I'm just like, why do they rely on Batman? Like, literally, one guy. I think,
0: yeah, because Commissioner Gordon, he literally, I think he likes the bat singer, is just standing next to it, looking up, going, Where is he? Where's yeah, like, why game?
2: hasn't Batman arrived yet? I'm like, Why don't you bloody do something then? Commissioner,
1: do you think the police like stop a crime and like, um, do we? Do we arrest them, <laughs> or do we wait for Batman to come and beat them up for a bit? I'm not entirely sure what's supposed to happen. Here. What's the procedure? Um, yeah, so literally they've called in Batman, who jumps in. So he's no longer a mystery. He's no longer this sort of thing that sort of you know. Obviously, people are very aware of him because he literally jumps in, floats in, and then has a conversation um, with them all, including Chase Meridian. I hate the name. Um, um, who for, is never explained at any point in this film, why she is now a part of the G- the Gotham police department and why she's allowed to wander around crime scenes like freely.
2: That's, that's the, the girl, isn't it? The main woman.
1: Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, I think you said that as well. When you were
2: what you. was her job again? She's a psychiatrist. Like no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, yeah. I don't understand why she was just allowed and also why she's so nuts she's also nuts
0: she's thirsty for she batman. is thirsty scary for batman. like <laughs> scary thirsty it's like she
2: wants it him. is intense so like bad. if i were batman i'd be like get away from me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> that's the kind of thing where i'd be scared that she's gonna like cut me or something yeah. She'd get me naked and then cut me up intense. and it's like and then she's really thirsty for batman and then just suddenly isn't and it's like oh okay.
2: yeah she's super thirsty <laughs> for batman and then when batman tries to give it to her she's like no I think I'm in love with somebody else. Even though, yeah. even though it's literally you. <laughs> even
0: though you should be able to tell by not only the mouth but also, I always think the smell. I don't. Has it ever been referenced? Does Batman spray a different cologne when he's Bruce Wayne to Batman? Because I don't think, it think that it's close.
1: A, I don't think it's ever come up really. I would, like, It
0: sounds. It sounds a bit odd. No, me about. <laughs> I to smell say. like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> or a guano musk. <laughs> and, but it's, I felt it with with a lot of the films when they get a certain closeness to Batman and they get a certain closeness to Bruce Wayne. It's like. Maybe Bruce Wayne has some sort of really expensive uh, aftershave he puts on or something, but I have always kind of thought when it's the girls, especially if they kiss him, and I kind of thought it, I think, in Spider-Man 1, mm. you know, I think she does figure it out anyway, it's always like, if I, I know it's slightly different because a relationship, but if you went around fighting crime and I saw someone with your build, outside fighting crime, with a mask on, and all that was there <laughs> was your lips, and I kissed you, I would know it's you
1: immediately. There's no, like, there's no, yeah. that. Well, she sort of does. There's a moment when she sort of does figure that out, doesn't she? Mm. yeah but um, what's creepier though is obviously like because bruce wayne's you know or bruce in general is pretty thirsty for her as well yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) the moment the moment she turns down batman and he walks away and has that little grin and he's
2: oh my god that creepy creepy grin i hated that the whole film and he's a bit like oh bruce is gonna get some (laughs) (laughs) it's really weird
1: and i do honestly think that like what's what makes it all the more creepier throughout all of this is there is no chemistry between Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer at all. No,
2: like, literally I don't think end.
0: Val Kilmer has chemistry with anyone in the whole film. He's just, he's kind of, ironically, maybe not, he's just isolated. I feel like every time he interacts with anyone, it's kind of like, I've, I know Val, I know the name of Val Kilmer. I'm going
2: to have to Google it because I've watched so many Batman films recently. They've all kind of merged into one. He, so he's got, I need he's to specifically much, look up what lippy. this guy's face looks like.
0: He's very, very lippy. Um, yeah. when, I, when I see him, but
2: it made me think of. Oh yeah.
0: Has he been in many films that he's considered an amazing actor? Because I know he's been in lots of sort of eighties he, action films. Yeah,
1: around this time, a little bit earlier than this, uh, well, maybe even a bit. I don't know. Was this ninety five? So it was before this. It was 93, 94. He did a, he did a film called Tombstone with Kurt I've Russell, of it. which is about uh, the, the the Wyatt Earp and his brothers. So it has like the gunfight in the OK Corral, and he plays Doc Holliday. And he's really, really good in it. Oh, okay. Um, like he is excellent in it, um, and it's like one of his that one of those performances where you're like, oh yeah, Val Kilmer can act. Like that's a really good thing. Like you know, because in the film in that in Tombstone, he gets um, oh whatever it is, we know when you cough up blood and you sort of you know he's got this thing, it's like a, an infection with his lungs and sort of stuff, and it plays oh, out to the yeah. end. Um, tuberculosis. Sorry. Tuberculosis. There you go. Yeah. And um, it's, he's really good in it. And so you go, well, he's clearly going to be good in other things. And then you watch other things and go, no, no. that <laughs> That's weirdly the only film he, he seems to want to do anything um, in. Yeah, he's done stuff when you go, he's all right. I mean, more recently, he did a film called Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, uh, which was uh, with Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. Um, when when Downey Jr. was on his comeback, sort of like, you know, pre, just ju- literally just pre-Iron Man. And he's really good in that as well. Um, hmm. Other than that, not really. <laughs> no, I
0: didn't I didn't think he was like, you know, a DiCaprio or anything like that. And I was like, I'm pretty certain he's not considered an amazing, amazing actor. He's had a couple of roles. And then you watch it in this and he kind of, he's not offensive in it. He's not like that bad. He's just not that great. He's, he's kind of bland, I think. He, I, he,
2: yeah, I, I wouldn't say that he's the worst thing about this film by any stretch of the imagination. But he doesn't really add any it doesn't thing. make it any better
0: does it? Yeah. he's just kind of that is batman in this film well let's hope the rest of it's better
1: well, I think but... Is, yeah but there's a moment the, at the circus when he stands up and he starts shouting harvey i'm batman and he's obviously he's drowned out by the noise even if he wasn't everyone would just go no you're not <laughs>
0: <laughs> like keaton's more believable but it's like yeah without yeah. kilmer it's like i don't i don't think so um but i, I was going to say one of the things that we noted uh going back to your sort of first point with Two face and things is that I think Two face is probably the worst part about the whole film. I hate it, yeah.
2: I hate him he, so much. He
0: laughs genuinely, he laughs more times in, in this film than even Jack Nicholson does in Batman 89. He laughs so frequently. It's, so- it's just
2: that his face got melted with acid, yeah, that's why he's yeah, got yeah, yeah. two faces. And like, because he's in a different film. dark night, he's in the of, dark Knight. so I've isn't. seen that, but like. What I don't understand about it, like I said at the beginning, is that just because of the fact that he has two colours to his face doesn't mean that he has a split personality. So mm. I found it really confusing because the way that he was portraying it made it seem like he was meant to have a split personality and I didn't think that that was right. So I was getting really stressed. But I was getting really frustrated with it because then Jim Carrey was basically just playing Jim Carrey in every other film that he's ever yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like it's totally they, were, they were just trying to out-crazy each other. Well, and again,
1: like... it's one of those things where with this again, I'll actually go back to the animated series because because it's around this era. In the animated series, they address this. So Harvey gets another fantastic uh, origin story in in the animated series. So he's obviously um, Harvey Dent. He's you know he's an attorney and does other stuff. And in the animated series, like they introduce Harvey for like a whole half a season. So he's in there just as Harvey Dent for for ages. So he introduces, you know, you know, he mixes with Batman and Bruce and with Commissioner Gordon and all this other stuff. And you see him gradually start to have a temper. Like, he'll, he'll lose his temper and they're like, all right, Harvey, kill your beans. And it builds up. And then when he has his, his origin story and his, um, you realise what this is, you find that he's just been, from a young age, he was always told to calm down and repress his emotion. So for years, he's been repressing this, this rage and this anger. And it's all just been building up inside him, I And it does result in a kind of... Split personality. Right.
2: Okay. And it's
1: never quite that, but he's sort of like, they call him Big Half and Little Half. That's which is, you know, a bit daft, but it works in the cartoon. But then when he becomes Two face he's actually blown up and he gets a load of chemicals up like one side of him. And so it is that sort of thing. And it becomes a real uh, battle between the half that is still Harvey Dent and who is like, look, committing crimes not right. We're, a, we're an attorney. We've got to, you know, do this. And then Big Half, who's like this vile, uh, violent gangster who's like, no, 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 this is my time now and I'm going to really rip into all these people that have been shitty to us. And so it sort of makes sense. So you come into this and you go, okay, it's going to be all about that, isn't it? Like, you know, they're going to have all this stuff. Nope. He's just crazy <laughs> all the time, but just so happens to have a house or a room that's split in two between, <laughs> like, you know, house and garden, oh, yeah. house and garden and sort of like, some '90s metalhead Nirvana, like it's, it's. I don't. It just doesn't work. Um To show you how badly thought out it is, there's a scene. It's very early on. You know when when Harvey runs away, when Two Face runs away, at the very beginning, you, you can barely see it. But you know he's not like wearing two different shoes because like half is is like a suit and then a the half's like crazy suit with cowboy yeah. boots. They're clearly at different heights. So when he runs, he limps away. because they're <laughs> the at different heights. And you're like, yeah. the costume department clearly didn't think this one through. Um,
0: yeah. It's sad because he looks, the, the makeup of it looks so cool. Oh when yeah, the makeup's it, awesome. I think the start of this, I think I might've said to you, I think I might've enjoyed, I think Batman Returns is actually, you knows still the best start. But I think the start of this film, because it goes into the action immediately. And I didn't expect it. Like, the credits go through and then suddenly everything's happening you're like, oh wow okay all mm. guns blazing and then because obviously myself I knew I know of Two-Face because of Dark Knight and then also uh, the games and I have a peripheral knowledge of general Batman villains from the tiny map I've picked up but Megan's only seen him from Dark Knight and obviously Dark, I think the Dark Knight portrayal is excellent and it does really show a man go to the edge and an accident mm. causes him to snap and that's that gives him a, a, a reason and I think he's a really good character in that but in this it is It's just not. And it doesn't work well with Riddler either. Because if you had someone really dead serious or someone who wasn't... The thing is, what was the way you described it? Trying to, like, compete each other? It just
2: seemed like they were trying to battle each other. But the other thing that really confused me as well, and I can't remember if I'm just getting this, like, mixed up in my head, but when he became Two-Face, didn't Batman try and save him? But he slipped or something. That happened, happened in, in this it, film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh,
0: sorry. No, I'm being
2: silly. Yeah. Yeah, they
1: showed news footage of Harvey having the, the acid thrown in his face and Batman, clearly no longer the sort of like the Dark Knight, appears in broad daylight in a court in his costume to try and save Harvey. Yeah, because then I was oh. like,
2: why does he hate Batman so much? He literally tried to help him.
1: No,
0: you're right then. Yeah, yeah I forgot about <laughs> that. I forgot about that bit completely. I was like, yeah. Two
2: Faces, like, out to get Batman, but Batman tried to help him. He just yeah. didn't succeed. And <laughs> is that why he's so bitter about it? Like... Do we
0: also know why Billy D. Williams didn't reprise his role from the other two films.
2: Oh, no. Billy, Billy D
1: um, wasn't even asked. So they put Harvey
0: Dent, they put Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent after being Lando, and probably that was like a, a good sort of. Arc for him and going into Batman, and then they're trying to make a sequel, and they used both Alfred and Commissioner Gordon, but didn't use.
1: So, um, but the the idea of Billy D being Billy D Williams being Harvey and stuff was Burton's, right? All Tim Burton, and so there was pure there were there were plans, and uh, there there was a script, and there are actually if you look not if you look for it, there was concept art drawn up for what um, Tim Burton was proposing and it does include Billy Dee Williams as Two-Face hmm. so it was fully intended and then when they were like oh he's coming to the fore and you know they're going to make him a, a primary character like he's going to be an a character so I think the thing is because they had like with Batman Returns d- despite all the marketing hash they had with it that poster you know Keaton DeVito, Pfeiffer that was a real draw, you know, that big poster. And they were like, oh, we need names. I'm not sure Billy D. Williams is going to be big enough, you Mm. know, because he wasn't superstar. Like he'd done some bits and pieces, but he wasn't superstar. And if you're going to put Jim Carrey in the film, who was always fully intended to be the Riddler, then it would be Val Kilmer, you know, uh, Jim Carrey, Billy D. Williams. They were like, "We we need a big hitter name. And at right. this point, Tommy Lee Jones is having a bit of resurgence. Like, so, you know, the same year this came out, you get Men in Black. Um, um, me you've, like. you've, you've just recently had The Fugitive <clears throat> and uh, Under Siege. So the guy, you know, he's, he's a known commodity. So that's why they chose him. So it was a studio effort, but it was fully supposed to be Billy D if, if, if Tim Burton had carried on. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the problem is, and this goes to the, the opening monologue. I really wanted to pay attention to his his performance because basically you can't miss it for a start. Like, you know, he just... <laughs> he, he basically storms onto every scene and just starts chomping up scenery. Like, nom, 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 nom. Gary's <laughs> like left with nothing to do. Uh, <laughs> they hated each other, by the way.
2: Yeah, i I read an article yeah. briefly and saw a title for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah they they really actually, I think they
0: openly them. said they hated each other as well, didn't they?
2: Oh, yeah, they, there was animosity on set.
1: Like, they didn't talk to each other and stuff other than the scenes they felt. Um, but, um, which is, I think probably why Tommy Lee Jones gives the performance that he does to be perfectly honest, but there's an open, the opening, his opening monologue where he's talking to the, the bank security guy. He does it like say like, like Jack Nicholson's Joker. But when you listen to what he's saying, you're thinking like, if you'd have, if you'd have pulled back and um, done this more in line with, you know your sort of like real that, that grumpy persona or that more serious dramatic persona like that monologue would have really been a, a you know uh, way more sinister cuz he's telling to the, he's telling the guy on the floor like you've got 50 50 chance i'm going to flip this coin and i may shoot you in the face or i might let you go you know and then let's see what happens but he plays it all like this like fucking (laughs) Cesar Romero joker and you're like sorry you've lost all your threat because you've coming off like a clown it it looks it it doesn't work
0: no and it's worsened by Jim Carrey's Riddler I I don't think Jim Carrey I think Jim Carrey's Riddler is unbearable to be around but I think that he he doesn't do an amazing job I wouldn't say but then I think mine's kind of tainted because the Riddler in Gotham is so good. Mm. Um, but I, and the Riddler in sort of the Batman um, Arkham games as well is is different and is also, he's dialed down a bit because it is, Jim Carrey's Riddler is about 45% Jim Carrey, 55% <laughs> Riddler. Like, I, I think it's all right, but I feel like they really need, as you kind of say, like a more Tommy Lee Jones style character yeah,
1: yeah. to be. You needed someone to be, yeah, you needed that. that Wine back. You literally could have had and put, really personified the whole uh, Two Face thing by having them be the yin and yang, like the energy and the, the somberness. Mm. Um, but if you're hi- if in 1995, if you are hiring Jim Carrey, you are hiring Jim Carrey. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? You are not hiring. Yeah. This, this isn't, this is before um, the Truman Show and um, Sunshine. You know, was it um, Eternal Sunshine? Eternal Sunshine. And, all those films. Now, this is Ace Ventura and the Mask, Jim Carrey. Like this is you are hiring him because of that. And you know, you say about the, the Gotham Riddler and the other things. What we the reference point they have, especially in Hollywood, because don't forget they never read the comics, so no one's going to pick up like a comic and go, "Oh, the Riddler is actually a real, is an intellectual and all this other stuff." They're going, "What do they do in Batman '66?" oh, you have Frank Gorshin jumping around in a in a in like a leotard with question marks all over it. What do, so what do we want? We want Jim Carrey in a, a, a singlet, but with lights
2: on it. All right. <laughs> I just, I found the riddle really confusing. I didn't, under, like the premise of it. So he has obviously this machine that he puts on his head and he can suck the IQ points out of people. And then he absorbs that. He absorbs their intelligence. Yeah, that's the premise. I assume but, so, yes. But why does it not affect the person? He like absorbs all of the IQ points, but they're just as smart as they were before. Yeah. So how has he absorbed that information and so they are still the same as they were? I don't understand.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I find with this, one of the things with this one, it's one of those films where they've gone, we're doing a silly action film. It's going to be, you know, it's a daft Batman film. And then they introduced this idea, weirdly, that's ahead of its time because they use the word streaming several times. And I was like, you know, it's a box in everyone's house. And I was like, wow, this is ahead of its time by like 15 years. Um, but they're also like, it's almost like a, an indictment of TV, mm. of entertainment. Like we're streaming this straight into your home and everyone sat at home and you're like, you're making a film. You want everyone to go home and watch this. <laughs> like surely that's the point. Um, so I find that a bit odd as well so like, yeah I don't know the whole plot makes the villain plot in this film is is secondary like it doesn't make any sense because <laughs> I don't know what Batman really has a problem with like you say because at no point you, other than maybe it's like maybe like Bruce maybe there's a whole scene we don't see where Bruce is looking at his stock options and going Wayne well, Enterprise is taking a real hit I'm going to, have to, I'm going to have to take out Nigma Tech because they're really battering us. <laughs> so uh, Batman and Robin, actually, all this, what you don't realise is the end of this film is actually industrial espionage. It's not taking down um, <laughs> a villain at all. <laughs> well, one thing as well
0: we're keeping in line with the red line, notice is that his hairstyle and outfits change constantly. Oh yeah, Michael's getting makes...
2: irate about the hairstyle. because I, like, I, I, <laughs> I think I wrote notes about it because
0: it was Jim Carrey normal sort of uh, mid-length hair for a guy in the 90s and then he cuts it in that weird buzz cut, almost uh, it's army. It's like
2: pink, isn't it? Yeah, and almost like beautiful. an army
0: cut, like a like flat. And then he goes back and he does another thing. I think, and then it's brushed because he's at
2: like, an event and it's yeah, like fancy. And it's back
0: and it's back to the brown hair somehow, like perfectly undamaged by all the dye in the cut. But then the next scene, he's got blonde hair again. And then the next scene, he has the, the blonde pink hair. And then the next scene, he has the pink hair again, but slightly different... And you're just thinking, how has he got this much time to change his hair so often? But oh, then he like, changes his costume every scene he's in. And I think the, the light up question mark thing, I saw that and I said to Megan, I was like, that's really cool. I really like that. And then he just not, doesn't wear it again. <laughs> and he wears one that's worse in the next scene. And you're like, why did you keep that? That's probably one of the coolest Riddler outfits I've ever seen. And you literally use it for one scene and
1: then change it for something worse. I don't... Well, one of the things I always say about these films and it's sort of, um, you know... They even poke fun at it with Robin's outfit. So when Robin later on, or Chris, you know, Dick Grayson comes in and he's got like a similar uh, armoured, you know, suit to, to to Batman. They they go, who's your tailor? He says, like, who's your tailor? And sort of like, you've got Alfred going, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who can, who can, mold, who's got two thumbs and can mould rubber? This guy. And you go like, all right, fair enough. I'm going to accept this, you know, this really thin, thin thing that like, alfred somehow manages to create these outfits who is like, because it's a mystery who the riddler is apparently um but um again like world's greatest detective don't forget um but who <laughs> is as edward nigma hired to make the he's not making these himself like he's not sat there at a sewing machine going this is gonna look great this you know <laughs> uh, leds down the front and everything like just someone in a, in a tailor shop goes. this is really weird you know this guy keeps coming in and asking for question marks on his suit like
2: but the first one he takes from the, the thing in the box doesn't he yeah i
1: love that that's a great yeah. idea
2: but also what was fun is that in batman and robin you see it in the um
1: police in lock the up. police
2: lockup. Yes. up and i was like i like that and i was like that's the only good thing about this film that i've enjoyed so far
1: <laughs> a minor easter egg Ooh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i agree no the, the 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 villain plot makes no sense or the a plot makes no sense whatsoever like i don't understand what what i don't even understand what um G, um the riddler's end game is he's like it makes me smarter and he's like so you're doing this to become better than bruce wayne so what at what point what are you trying to achieve
2: <laughs> yeah and the only reason that he doesn't like bruce wayne is because he didn't sign off on his proposal yeah That's why he's got this vengeance against him, because he said no. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All they needed to do was show that when... Because this is what I thought was going to happen. It was almost... It was almost quite... Honey, I shrunk the kids, almost sort of crazy silliness of like, almost Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when they put the lemon on the the head and stuff. Mm. um, Where he's got this crazy device. And you're thinking, when he does that guy, when he first does it, you're thinking, oh, that guy's head's going to explode, or he's going to be a zombie. I was like, and then, yeah. And then he's just... He's
2: just 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 fine. He's just like like he was
0: before. So why does... Why don't you just get every world leader to wear this thing, absorb all the intelligence of everyone, and then surely you've got a better world? Like, why
1: is yeah. why is this a problem? There is a version of this where those devices are used for people to, do, like, say to to see things from another person's point of view, and increase a person's empathy and solve world peace. Yeah. And so, but Bruce Wayne's going, no, I don't like this. No, something like <laughs> about this doesn't sit well with me. I'm not signing off on this. Yeah, I don't know. It's awful. I mean, it's... And that's one of the key problems with this film for me. It's like no one's motivations ever really make any sense. Like, Two-Face wants to kill Batman, but doesn't seem to really focus on that a whole hell of a lot. Like, he just sort of seems to... He seems to be doing an awful lot of other stuff that doesn't really seem to centre around it's just trying to cackling. kill Batman.
2: That's all he does. He just cackles.
1: Yeah. He
0: cackles around. Yeah. He just laughs. And does half and you half know interior he turns up
1: like Enigma has that big, like the, the opening party of Wayne of Enigma uh, N- you know, Tech. And then Two-Face turns up with his goons. And then he just stands on the steps. <laughs> and watches. And I was like, you you want Batman dead, Do you've got massive guns, do something about it. And then he sort of, it becomes an elaborate thing where you get they go down into the building site or the sewers or something. And it's like, oh, this is dragging on. Like, that's where I'm like, this is dragging on. That film did drag is, a lot. Isn't
0: there a part as well where either the Riddler or uh, Two-Face has Batman and they've got a gun to his head or something and then they go, no. I've got something else planned for you.
1: Yeah, they they, they and, invade they invade Wayne Manor and he is yeah. about to and you basically like the whole thing of of mixed justice 50-50 goes out the window because Harvey sits there flicking his coin until he gets what he wants.
2: Oh yeah. He goes like
1: oh, oh clean side of the coin. Oh I'll do it again then. And then when he gets the scratch coin he's like yes and I'm like then you're Let's not do it in player. the first place yeah, you're not obeying your own logic. Like, this makes no sense. This is like Trump logic, where you're like, well, I'm going to keep doing this until it's right. And you're like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's awful. Um, it's the same for, in this film, I want to ask a question. How old do you think Dick Grayson is supposed to be in this film? Oh, we have this conversation. We looked this up.
2: Conversation. <laughs> we look this up. So I looked it up. He's, I, I thought that he was meant to be around 17, 18. Yeah. I assumed. He was 25. The actor actor is 25. I was like, that does not look like a kid. I was like, I said to Mike, I was like, he looks our age. Yeah. And we're we're 26. I was like,
0: like, if someone called me a kid now, like I'm I'm 26 now. So it's like nearing 27. So if someone called me a kid, I'd be like, unless you're 60 plus. You can't really get away with that at the moment. Like, he's old enough. He's been through quite a lot. He's basically he's as tall as Batman. He, he could probably beat him up as well. Yeah. It's like it's not really it's not like Michael Cera, you know, from like, Lego Batman. Like, if it was Michael Cera, I'd be like, you know what? That makes sense. He's a kid. He could beat him up. But
2: Yeah, that that was bizarre. Uh, but, I'm surprised they didn't pick someone. Well,
1: they you know. make a there's a comment there's a there's a drop line in this film when he says who you know who are you going to be? He says you should be Dick Grayson, college student. And so I went and checked. So you're right. He's actually supposed to be 19.
2: 19.
1: In film. That's that's what they're supposed to be, but he doesn't look. You know, like he's 25. I would say you could call him anywhere between 25 and 30. Like, yeah, <laughs> easy. No but point. also,
2: if like obviously his whole family died, which is super sad. Mm. But like, but <laughs> it's not Batman's responsibility to take him. He's overage. He's 19. <laughs> like, he's an adult. Because... <laughs> And he he lives and works in, like, a fucking carnival. Like, I'm sure he could, like, land on his own two feet rather than just going living at this, like, rich white dude's house. And this, is like, the problem.
1: <laughs> and this is a real problem in this film. So in the original, um, in the original, obviously, iteration, like, you know, Robin, Dick Grayson, supposed to be, like, 12 when when his parents die. And the carnival actually do say, we'll take him on. But the authorities say, no, 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 we need, like, a proper guardian. And you... Can't got the circus can't so that's where Bruce Wayne steps in because he does see the the murder, but the same like so it works when the kid when when Dick Grayson's twelve, and you play this out it sort of works
0: because you know he'd be looks mirrors Batman in a lot of ways yeah I think exactly, a bit exactly. When... and that's
1: the point because he's supposed yeah. to see himself this young boy that's had his parents killed in front of him when he's a nineteen year old you do you go are you gonna get a job are you. <laughs> Are you going to go and do something like You know, it's it, it's such a weird decision in this film to have him be basically an adult, and like I say for Bruce Wayne to go, I'll look after him. Because even where is it when Commissioner Gordon drops him off? Which why the hell is the Commissioner dropping him off as well? <laughs>
2: It's because he does nothing else in the town. Yeah. He does he does absolutely fuck all for Gotham. Flick the light on. Except yeah, except except turn the light on to get Batman to come. That's literally all Commissioner. Yeah. He doesn't even know who it. Batman
0: is still either, which makes it even funnier. So it's like he he. he Michigan but Michigan. this is a
2: whole other issue with Batman that I have a problem with. Why why does everyone just put their blind trust into this guy who literally no one knows the identity <laughs> of? They're like oh well yeah, he helped us out a few times. Allow it there's we won't find eye, eye, out who it it's is it's a light in the sky saying help no, us. No, but what please. i mean is they turning a blind eye to him because they don't know who he is oh i see yeah yeah they, oh they, no they, there's, there's a real
1: problem it is it's a real problem even the comics but that's also the problem with the whole of super super heroics isn't it like you know everything yeah. else like why why do any of them why any of them really trusted um but yeah i honestly got to the position when i was watching for this this is the first time when i've watched it because so, i I know that we've spoken about Commissioner Gordon being useless in the first two films, but when he drops Dick Grayson off, I came to the conclusion that, he's, cause he's quite old in this film, like, you know, the, the actor playing him sort of knocking on a bit, I don't think he is commissioner anymore, but they just don't want to tell him. <laughs>
2: so I, think, I
1: think somebody else is now the commissioner of Gotham, and they just keep saying to him, just give Jim Gordon a job. What are they going to do? I don't know, keep him busy. Tell him he's, he's responsible for the light on the roof and then he can just ferry some people around every now and then. And all the all the ceremonies because he was at the st- wasn't he at the start in Batman Returns?
0: He was in that, yes. yeah, yeah, just yeah. turning the lights on and, and you know cutting the ribbon. You're thinking,
2: sure, he's, he's basically the- he's basically Santa at Christmas that turns on Christmas lights. <laughs> goes, That's what he is. <laughs> and he goes, yeah,
1: but he goes to the circus as well. Uh, he's there at the charity circus. And he's completely ineffectual. He's like, why why is this person even in any position of authority? He's rubbish. He also (laughs) keeps, he hangs around Bruce Wayne all the time and still doesn't collect the dots. Yeah, he's he's rubbish. He's He's awful. Um, But when he drops Dick Grayson off, he actually says, like, you know, the kid really needs someone to look out for him. And even I'm going, why? Why is he not going off with the circus? Like, he's known these people clearly all his life. They're the people that can help him work through his grief. They're the people that can give him what he needs. What? Why isn't he off with the circus? This yeah, makes
2: rather him no than way. a literal stranger. Well,
1: and also
0: they think they don't obviously they don't know he's Batman, Bruce Wayne. So it's well, oh no, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, so. he
2: hasn't even met Bruce Wayne. He's met Batman. <laughs> no,
1: exactly.
0: So it's yeah. like, oh, this guy who went to my circus who saw me get basically watch my parents die and he's this billionaire playboy who is known for being terrible with women not having any attachments and not having any long-time girlfriends let's give him a 19 year old he just watched his parents get killed he's yeah. gonna be the best
1: role model so, what? What? bruce bruce what, what are you intending to do with this broken and uh, you know grieving boy get pissed we're going to get absolutely <laughs> shit-faced. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to hit the town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing as well, as I'd say in this, there's, 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 there's just remind me with, with Dick Grayson is, um, the, 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 this film seems to fall into that 1966 mould. It's getting sillier. Uh, and I, I understand that like, you know, the whole concept of Batman can be silly, but getting to the Batcave through the silver closet, why does anyone even have a silver cupboard as well? i don't know that's how rich bruce wayne is i suppose but when there are two occasions that like people break into the Batcave cave in this film not not once not twice it happens twice but and so when um uh dick grayson breaks in i'm like oh, okay like he's obviously you know um, wants to know what's in, in this one cupboard for some reason. Like, you know, it's he's got a it's, the only
2: one that, it's the only one that's locked in the house. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Makes he makes a, a point of saying it. it.
1: Um, but also, and he says to him, like, it's the silver cupboard." It actually is the silver cupboard because when he goes through it, it's all the silver stacked up on the shelves. And then he goes through the back rotating wall into the back cave, <laughs> um, which is daft enough. But when the when Two Face and well, mainly the Riddler, when the Riddler invades the back cave with his techno st- um, walking stick. Um, And you have the alarm going off going, you know, intruder alert, intruder alert. Why do all of the computers and all of the technology appear?
2: That's (laughs) That's that's exactly what I said. I was like, if there is an intruder, why is this like super ingenious system not shutting itself down it <laughs> <That's, laughs> <laughs> doesn't make doesn't any it? sense yeah it literally opens up everything i was like that makes no sense why would you say intruder and then literally open up everything and be like here you go intruder have it yeah. on the silver platter yeah. that you've come through on the silver door like it's so ridiculous
1: because in the previous film back in batman returns like his car security was armor plating across the entire car i mean granted <laughs> yeah. they they break it down but yeah the moment when, when he comes in and the car like rotates up and uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler's like impressive, and I'm just going, no, stupid. This is really, <laughs> really stupid. Um, you
2: you yeah, did it, also touch. Tu-
0: you did also touch on there, which is Riddler's cane, which you you questioned many times in that film, didn't you? Where it's just like it's just this magic, his magic stick that seems to somehow yeah. do everything. Yeah. Because he's really and you Megan kept saying to me, so how's Ridley do this? And I was like, because he's really smart. But how does he do this? Because he's even smarter than he was last time. But he's just got a magic stick. It's like, yeah. it's a smart stick. It's just it just it rotates. No I think logic. it swaps halfway through though. I think halfway through the film it changes slightly.
1: It does. But well, it forward. goes from being a question mark in the end it's a skull in the last scene. <laughs> um for no reason. Like the question mark is clearly the most is the obvious, you know, that's stick with that. Why have a skull? It's stupid. Um but yeah like they, they, to show that it's technolog- technological it's basically got some running L- red LEDs on it so it's it's basically yeah. night rider but in a walking stick form <laughs> <clears throat> Um yeah that that when they invade um and the, the way they figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman as well um using that thing i mean granted i understand that's where the technology can be dangerous because they're like oh we can read people's minds so that's sort of the point isn't it stealing everybody's bank numbers and secrets and you'd be still like but i still don't know what you want to do with that information because you don't want people's bank codes because you've literally just set up a really successful technological company <laughs> but if you want to steal people's money you've just made your own fortune i don't understand that i don't understand this um but um if he was to say, "I can steal, you know, the the secrets from a general or a pre- pre- you know the president or something and sell them to somebody," you go, "Oh, that makes more sense." But when he's talking about bank numbers and stuff, I'm like, "You're really thinking too small." <laughs> um, but I forgot what I was going to say now. But yeah, yeah, it's just uh, the, the whole thing of um, the Riddler uh, and his thing at the end, where he sort of when they figure out that's it, they read Bruce Wayne's mind and they see that he's got bats on the brain. Yeah. And, you know, you go, who has got bats on the brain? And they go, oh, he's got to be Batman then.
2: <laughs> no one else could possibly be thinking yeah, about yeah, I'm
1: thinking, <laughs> like, um, well, it depends. I say, yeah, it depends. You, you know, you're in Gotham City, so you
2: might A be, lot of people but, would be thinking about bats because of Batman. Yeah, because you're in
1: Gotham City. And, you know, it, yeah, it's just a bizarre, <laughs> really weird thing where you're sort of like... It, uh, it comes down to that 60, 1966 version of deduction, isn't it? Where they go, here's that one piece of information. And from that, I have deduced the entire plot.
2: <laughs> yeah. This is the film where he keeps having like random flashbacks, isn't it? Yeah. That, he the has like, for yeah. Yeah. Because then he starts talking to the psychiatrist woman, Chase.
1: Yeah. 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 It is. All
2: of them merge into one for me. Well,
1: that's, I, well, I understand that. Cause I understand why as well. Because it's there's, there's so... At this point, especially this one and the next one, they are so ill-defined as, yeah. a, as, a, as an idea that they just don't work. That's mm. the problem. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, you come to the end of this film and it's supposed to... If this had been Michael Keaton and they'd played it a bit more serious, or not, not serious, but they'd played it less campy and neon... It may have even been better because then you've had this thing of Michael Keaton's gone through this stuff and now he's going like, yeah, I can be Batman and Bruce Wayne. And again, what was, he saying? Not because I have to be, but because I choose to be. Yeah. And you go, all right, that sort of is a good psychological balance that you've chosen to be probably still not entirely healthy, but okay. Um, But this whole thing at the end about like, you know, <laughs> Batman's not supposed to kill, and so he talks Dick Grayson's, you know, Robin out of killing Two Face. But then, accidentally, but then Batman accidentally kills Harvey,
2: but never attempts to save him when he falls off the thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, "I'm done with your shit now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try." Yeah. There you go. Bye. See ya. <laughs>
0: for, for someone who doesn't kill, I know he in a lot in uh, eighty nine and in uh, returns he doesn't directly kill the people but it seems oh, no, like he
1: he, he, in, in returns he attaches a piece of dynamite to someone and pushes oh them yeah down the, yeah that, that's true <laughs> the, the killer
0: clown guy isn't it yeah aside from him um they kind of try and make this fuss about you know not killing and it's just i think the problem is with these films they're quite disjointed now i feel like they in in some ways they kind of suffer similarly almost how i find to the star wars films the sequel trilogy where it there's certain parts where it feels disjointed where things don't marry up because someone didn't really think things through all the way. But no. in this one, what they've kind of done is, where Megan said that she they kind of merged into one, mine both merge into two. It's just the Michael Keaton, Batman, Batman Returns, and... The one. Uh, uh, yeah, the shoe ones. And the thing is, is that the villains, even in uh, the Nolanverse and stuff, most superhero films generally, is kind of the way you kind of remember the different... Spider-Man films or the different Mm. things you remember okay what happens normally it's the villains it's okay Spider-Man 2 or Tobey Maguire that's Doc Ock okay and you kind of remember from there but with Batman and Robin and Batman Forever although I do remember the villains the problem is is that I don't really remember and I, I watched Batman and Robin within the last couple of hours and we watched Batman Forever I think in the last week I can only vaguely remember what happened I wrote notes down and we're talking about it but it's still with Dark Knight which I've seen a few times but I've probably only seen that all the way through, probably four times. I know the majority of everything the Joker did because everything he did was so
2: yeah, interesting and out. different.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with Batman Begins in a lot of ways, and even Dark Knight Rises, which is flawed but brilliant. But it, it's, these films, they just they make a mess out of things, which you, you'd think it's almost like they over and under complicate their villains. They over complicate the plans, but under complicate the villains. Whereas what you should do is the other way around. You should have a complicated person with quite a simple plan. That, that's oh, yeah. really how it
1: should work and they flipped it you, you are spot on because they clearly go in and i mean this film was driven by casting there's no other there's no other um you know option that i can take from this is they went right well we've got val kilmer as the new batman and <clears throat> then we've got tommy Lee jones and we've got jim carrey jim carrey was the big get for this film and that's it then they're like they might as well just turned up and ad-libbed a bunch of stuff Play Batman for an hour, and we'll come film it. Um, Anyway, let's just find.
2: I think they did before. Sorry, they did the same with Nicole Kidman as well, though, because her in this film makes me think of her in The Moulin Rouge. Yes, and in the Moulin Rouge, she's so exaggerated, and I it there were similarities between her and her character in the Moulin Rouge, especially when she's trying to like be the courtesan, etc., and try and impress. It was the same thing when she was trying to impress Bruce Wayne. I was just, or rather, Batman. It's just mm. like you're you're too much. It's, Everyone's just too much in this movie. It was
0: like all the yeah. annoying parts of Catwoman. Like I, I didn't hate Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I thought she did things well. I thought there were issues, but she did generally was all right. But I thought all the parts that annoyed me about Catwoman, they've just in *Chase Meridian*, but without being a vaguely badass supervillain, so you've just got all these really annoying, weird, yeah. overly sexualizing, bland personality. You're just <laughs> lusting of a Batman for no real reason, yeah. and yeah. Or, or you know the whole oh sa- he saved me or he's this person of power or anything. It's just like, like when you've already done that in a previous film, but with a co- character that's way more complex, we've got a bit more silly but more complex. It works a bit better, but when you take away half the personality, you've just got this
1: female kind of almost object she's, she's barely really well, at this point a... like you know, even vicky vale in the 89 one's more interested and she was dreadful you know <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as, a, as, a character, as a character like she didn't do a great deal but like she was better um it's almost getting you mentioned bond earlier on they're becoming the bat girls aren't they mm. who's going to be this one's bat girl at this point yeah. That, that was the whole that's the whole point but last let's just round out because we'll, let's get to my you know the real gem of this discussion <laughs> um so what were your final <laughs> thoughts on batman forever
2: i probably wouldn't watch it again no uh, i mean like i didn't completely hate it but i did not particularly <laughs> enjoy it by any stretch of the imagination
0: yeah i I'd, I'd say if I kind of rated them thus far, I'd, I'd probably say, you know, Batman and Batman... 89 and Returns, I think, I think Returns are slightly better uh, than Batman 89. But they're both, like, high 7, low 8, maybe even a mid 8 for a Batman Returns sort of thing. I think they're solidly good, fun films. Mm. And the Batman Forever, I'd probably say, is like a... Like, a, it's almost like... It's, I almost feel about it similarly to, oddly enough, how I feel about Man of Steel, which the first hour or so is actually fairly good. From that mark, it then loses me. Man of Steel loses me for a completely different reason, but yeah. with this one, it, an hour through, you're like, okay, Tommy Lee Jones is pretty annoying, and the Ridley, you can see where this is going, but I can, you kind of vaguely get there, and then you get halfway through the film, And you're like, but this is, it's like a, a song made out of one note. Yeah, and it just goes on and on, and you're just like, <laughs> you're not the, the second
1: hour of the film doesn't add even, anything. Yeah, that the it's first not even hour didn't. A nice have. note. If it was a nice note and it could be a bit drone, <laughs> it's not. This is someone just going. Eh! <laughs> yeah, two hours, like, oh, so,
0: yeah i think maybe six it. six out of ten maybe I, I did enjoy parts of it and it, it mm. was a fun movie and i could see how i could see how people can enjoy it it's one of those films where i look at, i, go, I, I see the good bits out but I, I can see some people thinking the good way good bits outweigh mm. the bad bits and i think i feel that way as well yeah they're just a bit too close for comfort uh so i think this is Good, but definitely, I I don't think I'd watch it again because if I wanted to watch a Batman film like this, I would just watch the Keaton ones because they're just better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, Megan, anything you want to add as well before we move on? No, I think, I've, think
2: <laughs> yeah. I've said everything about okay. this movie.
1: So let's let's move on to the film that not only killed the Batman franchise, but basically killed the idea of doing superhero films at Warner Brothers for almost a decade.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's rating on IMDb was the thing that shocked us when we looked it up. It was we're not shocked. shock. Well, now we've seen it, we're like, oh, that's quite high. <laughs> it was like 3.8, which is one yeah. of the lowest I've seen of many, many films. Yeah.
1: yeah. So again, Val Kilmer having gotten not panned but had an uncomfortable experience being Batman didn't want to come back so they went out and they looked for someone that they could afford uh, that would come in and do as they were told and uh, G- George Clooney at this point was obviously big in ER I believe um, yeah he
2: was in ER <clears throat>
1: and had made a couple of films but he wasn't he wasn't the name that he's obviously now like you know now george Clooney is like a megastar, and in, you know he's done all these amazing films he's written he's directed he's produced and starred and all this other stuff they not like proper films so he was up and coming he was looking for his way into to hollywood at this point so he accepted batman thinking it was going to be his way in <laughs> and then they went off and did the rest and what i find interesting if you watch the trailer for this and if you look even the cover art for this film Arnold Schwarzenegger gets top billing. Really? Yep. So Arnie gets top billing for this film. More than that, I just watched the trailer before this, right? And I actually took out my... I took out a quick... Just did a very quick stopwatch. Uh, It's a two-minute, 20-second trailer. Of that, George Clooney gets less than 40 seconds. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Guess who gets all of the screen time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll tell you what, yeah, I'll tell you what now. He looks cool doing it.
0: <laughs> didn't he like make some sort of? I think I think I remember my brother telling me this. I'm um, saying that Arnold Schwarzenegger was trying to force them to have the name called Batman Return of Mister Freeze or Attack of Mister Freeze or something like that.
1: Yes, he he. So at this point again, like this is '97. So this is actually sort of tail end of Arnie's career um, in in many ways or at least it's sort of before he became governor. Um, so he'd had sort of like his action films of the sort of 90s. And he'd had a, it was after this, was it before this? It's around this time he has a heart bypass. So, um, you know, he lost a bunch of weight and all this other stuff. And he was trying to come back in 97 with um, a bunch of films that were, eh, Passable. But this was like his big thing for 1997. And I will say this, and this is going to be controversial. In a year in which Princess Diana was killed, I still think this is the bigger travesty. So... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> <laughs> um, So you do, you get Arnold watching anyway, and you get the return of... Like George Clooney coming as Batman, the, the, the return of Chris O'Donnell, who clearly... up oh, for glutton for punishment. You get a, a young Uma Thurman, um, who... I don't really know what she's doing in the 90s. And then, obviously, you get joined by very 90s girl, 90s Valley girl, Alicia Silverstone, Her, um, who, according to all reports now, had a very rough time of it in the 90s. And if some of the stories from some of the Me Too things are true, no wonder she left Hollywood. Um, Which one's that, sorry?
2: What person? So Batgirl. Oh, Batgirl. Oh, oh the one that Clueless. was in Clueless. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she had a, apparently she had a real rough time of it. So I will be ripping into her in this film, but I acknowledge that she probably had a tough time whilst being in Hollywood. <laughs> um, but this film, a bit like with Batman Forever, opens with a statement of intent, doesn't it? Really. So with with sort of Batman Forever, you get the bank robbery and you watch that and you go, okay, it's going to be a little campy and it's going for this, but the action's not awful and you, they're going to try and have like a helicopter chase. This film, however opens up and is just going to go yeah we we are going to take the piss from the very beginning <laughs> yeah
0: it does double down on it's one of those weird things where you watch batman forever and you go hey what are the worst parts about this film let's make the majority of this film consisting of those parts
1: yeah what were your thoughts we've been 10 minutes in because you've had like you get the um
0: it's the hockey know, team isn't it of, from hell team.
1: Yeah, it's basically the action, the, the free freezes sort of like, well, I think the freezes things, but like, yeah, the ice stings and all the puns from the very beginning.
0: And you got that bit, Megan. Do you remember the close-ups that you loved? What when they were su- When they were suiting up. Oh, uh,
2: yeah, like right at the beginning, literally right at the beginning. Why are there so many close-ups of their crotch? Like, I don't... They do like the massive close-ups of their like their costume well, suits, and there's like a close-up of their crotch, a close-up of their arse, and <laughs> the close-up of their nipples. And I'm just like, Why are you doing this? And then they do the exact same thing with Batgirl as well. And then there's a close up of her crotch, there's a close up of her ass, there's a close up of her boobs. The, and I'm like there's Why ass are there? Again, uh, Oh the yeah, cape. there was there were two arse <laughs> shots of uh, of Batgirl. Why? Why is that necessary?
0: I think they just did the men one so that when they inevitably did the back, they, ones, they get, could get away yeah. with it. I feel like that's. Well, they, do
1: it, they do do it in Batman Forever. Like it happens, but it's a very good yeah, forever. So they're yeah. like, well, that clearly went down well. Let's do that again. Like, Unsurprisingly more. I'm surprised yeah. there's not a scene of like, yeah, but you know, they're putting on their leathers. Why is there not a scene of like Michael Goff's Alfred pulling up his trousers? Or
2: something <laughs> <laughs> I would enjoy that
1: more. Doing his belt up and doing his, yeah. uh, doing his, his, yeah, his braces, you know, his belts and braces. <laughs> I don't know. It makes, it's, it's one of those things in this film that like, I will be perfectly honest with you. I've seen this film more than I should ever. When I was in 1997, when this film came out, the Odeon near me, we got a pass for the summer. And there was a couple, only a couple of films worth, that were worth seeing that summer. I saw this probably six or seven times in the cinema. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah. And mainly because I hated myself at the time. I think, mainly. I must have been <laughs> like a teenager with a real problem. But I, I, there, are, there are scenes in this film that are just sort of, like, burnt into my memory. And that opening scene's one of them. And, you know, and then all the bad puns, you know. I and even when them. they try and make the little jokes, like, this is why Batman, this is why Superman works alone. Hmm. And you go, there like, was
2: one bit that did make me laugh but I forgot that the character's name was Dick and I just thought Batman was calling him a dick so I started laughing. But actually he was calling him Dick because that's his name and I was like, oh, okay. Really I, thought, I thought he was just being mean to him and it, it, that made me laugh more. It was, the whole, it was the whole
0: Poison Ivy bit, wasn't it? Where he was where Robin was basically having a go at Batman and saying, she loves me and all that sort of
2: he thing. He was like, you're just jealous because she loves me more. I'm like, no, she's and he's doing like, no, he voodoo pheromone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then Megan just cracked up. And I was like, Dick is his actual name. shes, she was like, oh, that makes it less funny now. <laughs> <It's just> like...
1: <laughs> that's, the prob- that's the problem with a character that was conceived in 1940. Like, you know, the, the character ages, the name doesn't age well. Yeah, yeah that's why um, they've got so many
0: different Robins with different names now, innit? Yeah. um,
1: uh, also, question:
0: Is there ever any reason behind the scenes interviews or anything why they gave the back costume nipples? Is there? I, I think Robin's already did in Forever, but
2: why? Yeah, why have they randomly got nipples? It
0: doesn't it? It doesn't add anything except discomfort about so, me watching.
1: There was okay. So the only thing I've ever ever seen was uh, one of the costumers decided that they they considered it to, it to be. Um, Akin to like Roman and Greek armor, this idea of the the perfect body form, mm. and that's all they've ever said. But you're like, that still doesn't need nipples. Better <laughs> <laughs> <They're> without nipples. <laughs> like, well, that's literally what Michael Keaton had in the first film, but it didn't have nipples. Like, why is this weird? Yeah, I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> but the only thing I'm surprised about is at the end of the film. What I'm, I'm, you know, because at the end of the film they have like, the highlighted suit. You know, mm. the sort of like. Um, why are this... I'm surprised the nipples aren't silver. You
2: know, <laughs> yeah. they've got this video, yeah. like,
1: why not just have bright
2: silver nipples or something? like Also, girl suit doesn't have nipples. No. It has
0: points,
1: doesn't it? It the... has
2: little pointy bits, but it doesn't have nipples. Why Why do the men have nipples for the, <laughs> the background
1: suit? Free the doesn't? nipple. <laughs> Free the nip. I guarantee you, there was probably a discussion about that. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. Oh yeah, there, there probably was.
1: <laughs> I, I found
0: with the start of this film, I thought it started well which i think happens probably really? a lot of the time okay uh, on on the basis that <laughs> i'd heard the thing is because i i haven't seen this film in god knows how long probably over mm. 15 years i think um so i haven't seen it since i was very young i and i remember the mr freeze bits being unpleasant um but i forgot how awful poison ivy was so for the first 10 minutes i'm like it wasn't I didn't watch this film and go, oh my God, this film's amazing. No, I watched it and I was like, okay, this is clearly not amazing. But I was like, mm. is it just going to be kind of as bad as Batman Forever, but with really cheesy Arnie in it? Because some there are some films that get really, really, really hated. And then I've watched them years after the hate. Like, I'd say Suicide is one of them where everyone fucking hated Suicide Squad. And I watched it and I was like, I don't hate this. I, I don't love it, but I, I did enjoy it. I just see it's flawed and kind of bland in some ways, but I thought maybe it's going to be a film like that, you know, and I didn't have the connection to the Keaton Batman that a lot of people did when they watched Batman and Robin. So I was like, maybe. So it was the first 10 minutes and I was like, this isn't amazing. And I could, hit, you, now in hindsight, I could tell the dialogue is a bit weak, but like <laughs> the, the, <laughs> when they said the hockey team from hell, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And then you've got all these basically hockey players wearing, I think the thing that kind of tweaked for me was when the, everything's all iced up and they've all got the the ice skates on mm. But then Batman and Robin <laughs> oh, yeah
2: they, they magically have these shoes but, that just by chance have blades in them that they can just press a button and they now can ice skate and it's, mean, it's just mean, that they
1: mean the go-go gadget ice
0: boots <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're all just amazing ice skating so like, I know Batman's got a lot of talents and things but like ice skate like, I can understand Robin probably from being a trapeze artist in some ways but I was like does, does batman do they regularly have ice skating in gotham is that it's not an easy especially with that suit on it's so heavy you'd be out of balance it's just yeah and from that point i was like okay and then every time uma thurman opened her mouth
2: oh my god I was oh like, jesus christ right so with her she like obviously died well died uh, a in, Catwoman. it's cat woman yeah yeah exactly and i yeah. i so i've not actually seen anything with uma thurman in Um, But I know of her so I was like Mike she's pretty famous isn't she and he was like yeah, and I was like right So she's not dead then she'll come back. That's gonna happen And then she came back, but why in every single Batman film to all of the women villains talk like this why is everything elongated and they just talk really weirdly why all of them all of, why cat, m- cat woman and her do it? It, they think th- it they think it's
0: sexy that's the only thing i can think it's of
2: irritating as fuck I mean, it, is,
0: it, it grates on me it's almost like it's almost like trying to sound like you're yelling but doing it at a low volume yeah it so, is It's it's really weird. It's like they're trying to project their voice, but they're not talking any louder. It's
2: just the constant, like her constant monologue. I don't want to hear all of your thoughts out loud. No one else, no one else does that. No one Mm -hmm. goes around thinking, I'm going to kill all of these people, and I'm going to do this, and I'm just going to say all of my thoughts out loud. (laughs) Like I guess for the premise, I guess for the film, but it's yeah, really irritating.
1: (laughs) Again, this is one of those films where her costuming. For example, is pretty good. Like the makeup mm. and some of the costuming. Yeah. I'm like, she looks pretty cool. And, you know, forgetting the stupidness of the bat suits, like, I even think, like, Mr. Freeze's suit is pretty cool. Like,
0: I like the blue lights and
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah. Some of the costuming really cool. And then they, they'd say, then they open their mouth and you go, oh, shit, you've ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I, mean, I would it's... say, I would say
0: with this film, if this was a film. I almost if I watch this film in silence with subtitles, I would genuinely rate it higher because the yes. way in which the dialogue in a lot of parts is very crap. But also, like, yeah, the rubbish the, puns. Yeah, but the delivery of a lot of it makes it worse. Yeah, and yeah. it just feels like if it's like George Clooney doesn't isn't really in it at all. He's just kind of almost just reading lines existing. and wearing a bat suit. <laughs> You've got kind of Robin kind of trying, but the problem is that Robin's character becomes unbearable. So yeah. he's the only actor really trying and maybe doing a good job, but because the dialogue makes the character so unlikable and so bland, and like he's just so fallen in love with Poison Ivy, and I know that's kind he's, of her he's point. He's just
2: full of himself. But
0: he's just such a dick about it, no pun intended. He's just dick, yeah. yeah. It's,
2: it,
0: and it's just, you've got this unbalance of characters where you've got, Mr. Freeze could be terrifying, but he's just this kind of laughing matter.
2: He is a laughing matter, and to the point that I wasn't even calling him by his name, I just started calling him the snowman.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Again, the problem with this film is like everyone in this film I have seen do good work, mm-hmm. like, literally everybody in the main cast. So, like Uma Thurman, uh, you know, if you've not seen Kill Bill one and two, or
0: um, pulp Fiction,
1: pulp, yeah, she's done a load of you know, she's done some Tarantino stuff, she's done other stuff where she's actually really good. Like Uma Thurman. Uh, there's a film called Gattaca that came out uh, the same year, no, two years before this, 95, she's really good in that alright, so she is a good actress, and I've seen her do good stuff, and then you watch this and you go, alright, you're shit, so it could be, maybe you had an <laughs> off day, and I've seen George Clooney, as you sort of say, I've seen him do From Just Till Dawn, and then from then on, he's become like a proper actor like you can do some really good stuff, and you go alright, well you, well, that's Uma's had a bad day, and you were clearly have a bad day, Chris O'Donnell has lots of bad days, so I'll let that one slide. <laughs> but then even with Arnie, you're like, well, I've seen Arnie like he knows how to do an action film. Like he knows how to do- That's the only
0: thing he knows what to do. Yeah. Like that's that's his thing.
1: Yeah, like he knows how to do those beats. Like this should be like easy for him to do all this sort of stuff with a bit of menace and a bit of thingy. So the only thing I can think of is and Alicia Silverson's a different one. Like she did clueless and she just redoes clueless, really. So the only <laughs> Yeah. The only thing I can think of in all this is is Schumacher.
2: Hmm. It kind of makes me think, in comparison to episode two of Star Wars, yeah, so attack Attack of the Clones. So I know, I know that Ewan McGregor is a really good actor, but in that film he shit. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's down to it's down to the other stuff. It's not down to the actual actors themselves. It's down to like the. The script and all of the it's directions george, and george stuff.
0: lucas was definitely because he cut the thing is it's, they both suffer from the same problem actually i'd say is attack of the clones and this is they both they both look incredible like the visuals mm-hmm. of, of both films yeah
2: like, like the actual like uh um, the editing of the ice and the way that the ice is done in this film is awesome yeah
0: mm-hmm. really really good visual films but then when you go down to it with the script itself is either at points okay or quite bad and then you've got it where the delivery is almost unanimously bad. And it's kind of the same with Attack of the Clones in a lot of ways. I'd say the last 45 minutes is great. But with that, you've got the Padme Anakin stuff that is so crap. And the dialogue is not only bad, it's delivered terribly. So you're just watching this bit where you're like, not even the actors believe that each other feel this way about each other. So the whole thing, and it's the same with this, where like none of the actors really seem like they've given it their all in the right way.
2: But it's also that the plot kind of just falls thin, really. Like, I get... (laughs) I understand the concept for what um, Mr. Freeze is trying to do, because obviously he wants to try and, like, help his wife. Mm. But with Poison Ivy, I don't really get what she's trying to do. Like, like what does she want? <laughs> she says it, like, <laughs> she says it at the end.
0: Right at the end, she kind of says, she She says, yeah, I'll get you to freeze the whole planet. She wants, and then she I'll wants plant those plants weird... to
2: be able to fight for themselves. But there's That's weird plants
0: in it? it. She
1: makes that weird rat plant thing at the end,
2: doesn't
0: yeah. she? And she...
1: And she wants them She's to kind supposed to be of like roll. an eco-terrorist, isn't she? She's, so, yeah. again, this is the thing where her teaming in that with Mr. Friesen or doing this whole thing with, it makes no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. They're <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, literally, one's summer, one's winter. So you're going like, well, what? Surely you should be antagonists against each other. This, you're, He's k- literally killing plants in Gotham Park at one point with that big ice gun. <laughs> and you're like, this makes no sense. Like, its it's just not thought
2: out at all. Yeah, I also isn't... just don't understand what her... Purpose is, like all she does apparently is, is she can grow seeds really well, so well done for growing. Yeah, and then she blows pheromones in people's faces,
0: and there's a kiss of death.
2: Yeah. Oh, and oh, and then she kisses people, she and she's been really slow. She always takes forever. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like a
1: female Harvey Weinstein, that's what she sort of does. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other, the other, the other villain, villain I say in this film is Bane, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah about Bane. He's just, just a zombie. Yeah, and obviously like, so Bane came about in 1991 <clears throat> in the, um, uh, a, a massive story for, for Batman in which Bane, and this is obviously replayed in Dark Knight, uh, sorry, uh, Dark Knight Rises. <clears throat> Bane breaks Batman's back. Wow. But, but in the comics, like it's played out like in this massive thing where Bane has sort of, uh, was raised in a prison. It's very much like the, the film. And has seen from a distance that he is like the ultimate challenge. Like you know, if I can break the Batman, then I'm I can show I can rule Gotham and all this other stuff. Like I will show the world that I'm this true thing. And so in the in the in the, the book, it's he sets up all these challenges to just exhaust Batman. So, like, he, he orchestrates a, a breakout from Arkham Asylum, and then he starts to do, like he, he pays off gangsters in, the, in Gotham to start doing stuff. So, like, the city has been torn apart, and so Batman's all over the place. And he's like, lowest ebb. Um, Bane turns up and just starts challenging him to a fight. So, like, you know, he's like, look, I've broken you strategically and tactically, and now I'm going to break you physically. And that's what he does. That's the whole the point of the story. In this, like you say, all that sort of like intelligence and scheming and strategy—they're just like no, no, no. We just want a big dude in a in a in a mask.
2: And you get like—he's basically like Frankenstein's monster it, bef- yeah. before Frankenstein's monster like learns to read and gets intelligent. Yeah,
1: but that's <laughs> it. That's, that's exactly it. But it's such a wasted character. There's a character called Amygdala in the Batman universe, which is literally that. And you go like, why why don't you just use that character? Because <laughs> That one fits what you want them to do. So, yeah, yeah, it's awful. And so what they do to Bane is an absolute travesty. So the Tom Hardy one is a much better iteration of it. But, um, yeah, again, but I love the fact it fits into the, the neon because it's sort of like, and he's going to have neon pipes and he's going to have this and that. And he's just like, oh, it's just...
0: There's that one scene, isn't there, like in the middle where they actually went towards the end-ish, where Uma Thurman, uh, Ivy and Freeze get a new... Well, Ivy and Bane get a new lair. And it's in oh, that yeah, place it's, it's all a, yeah. actual neon. And it's those...
2: The neon people. Yeah, we've like, got the chains. They threaten
0: Bane, and then they just attack them, and then Bane throws them. Oh yeah, them once. he
2: just he throws them, and then they all just scarper. They all yeah. run away.
0: Like, oh okay. I mean, I was like, if you each had a shiv, you could probably take on Bane. Like he's pretty hench, but he's not like the Hulk. Like you, he's just a huh. hench scary dude with a mask on. Like if if eight of you have got chains, you could probably do quite a lot of damage yeah. if you tried.
1: Well, you think like, he's, he's like a big toddler. You just run in and start smashing his knees up and he's done. You'd be like, oh, that was easy. But the way he
2: dies is pathetic. Oh, yeah. Well. What I was about to say, one thing that made me laugh is when. So when Bane dies, um, he obviously. Tran- he, he, that liquid comes out of his head and then he transforms back into his original body, yeah, which yeah. is really odd. And not but really explained then the, at all, yeah. No, but the thing that makes me laugh is the creepy look between um robin and batgirl he like i was like my reaction they like grin at each other when it happens i was like my reaction wouldn't be that if i saw this big monster suddenly shrink down to a normal sized human being like jittering on the floor my reaction wouldn't be this like smug smile would be like what the fuck is going on like
1: what what is that there's a cut scene right where they grin at him lying on the floor right and it obviously goes off to the next bit. But there's a cut scene there where they both go in with the knee and start really kicking into him while he's on the floor. Oh, my God. It's not really. <laughs> <laughs> I all right. was going to say. <laughs> right because that's what, the reaction, but that's what that reaction tells me.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, when that's what like,
1: I, oh, I said. Pro little idiot. Let's deck him. Let's <laughs> really- <laughs> I thought I, for a moment,
0: I was like, I, wonder if, I, I kind of, I can't if I said it, but I thought this would be the opportunity if this was like a, probably
1: the Watchmen or maybe the boys to curb stop him. Yeah, exactly. That's what they do to it. The angle, the angle. Yeah, that's my thing. There's a cut scene there where they really deck him, and then they walk in and go, "Is he taken care of?" Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we nailed him. Um, Yeah, this—that's the problem with this whole film. Like, it's just sort of, like you say, visually it it plays out and it looks nice and that sort of thing. But there's nothing in it that, that ever like. Whenever they get to the conclusion of any of the characters, like it just feels so unsatisfying.
2: There's literally no substance to this. There's movie.
1: nothing, is there? I mean, even like Michael Go has been um, your your Alfred for this the fourth time, and he's obviously been knocking around. He's the only sort of one with any real emotion in his act, in his acting, and then he's on the verge of death, and they have. Oh yeah, scenes.
2: yeah, that was super scenes. predictable as well. Yeah, but they
1: have all these scenes of like Bruce and you know and, and Dick and and um, I can't remember what she's called now in this because she's not. It's not Bar- Barbara Wilson, it's, Bar- it's, it's not Barbara Gordon,
0: it's Barbara Wilson. Barbara Wilson, go. that's it. That's they're, this,
1: they're playing this whole thing up about how sad they all are, but at no point do I really believe it. I'm almost like, it feels like the, you're
2: pretending to be sad for the others, aren't you?
1: I <laughs> <laughs> don't really care.
2: The thing is, is that right at the beginning, I was like, oh, he's going to die. I was like, Alfred's going to die. You said that in the first about 15 I, minutes. I, I, said, I, it, I even... said it very, very quickly. I was like, I have a feeling that Alfred's going to die. They're setting it up for him to, to go. And then, obviously, you find out about Doctor F- uh, Mr. Freeze's like, wife. And I was like, well, now he's going to be cured. Yeah. I was like, he's not going to die anymore, Mike. He's going to be cured because they're going to somehow get this miraculous cure for this disease because Mr. Freeze is, is doing it. And it's like one specific bit where they say he's got like the antidote to every single stage. Yeah. And I was like, ah, Alfred's going to be saved then. So yeah. all of this stuff has literally been built up for absolutely no
1: reason. Yeah, there's no <laughs> stakes in this film at
0: all, ever. No, um, it, it is one of those things because like, I'd say that Alfred is the best part of the film, which is sad ooh. because Alfred should never be the best part of a Batman movie. Because he, he's, he's a lovely person, Alfred, but he's not that exciting. Apart from the old times where he maybe puts a suit on or does something kind of, like in Gotham, he's a bit badass a couple of times. But it, Alfred should never be the star. He is the supporting yeah. character because he's a good, calm, nice, Because there's also the weird person.
2: bit with him trying to send that disc to his brother. Oh yeah,
0: that is so... Like the uh... long,
2: convoluted bit with him trying to send a thing to Wilfred, which I'm sorry, but could they not think of a more original name? Yeah. It's basically the same <laughs> as Alfred. You said it's
0: good. You said it. Would not be funny if like Alfred died and then Wilfred comes in? Yeah, because I, I was
2: just like, what they're gonna Paid do? Played by Michael <laughs> Goff.
1: Played by Michael
2: <laughs> Goff. I'm Wilfred. <laughs> Bruce,
1: doesn't, Bruce doesn't even notice. Just carries on on Wilfred. Oh, thanks, Alfred. He's got slightly different colour glasses. That's what
2: I said to Mike. I was like, oh, he's gonna sign he's gonna send something to Wilfred so that Wilfred can come and become the new butler so that he can become the butler so that he knows the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> obviously it was for Batgirl. But then she went down into the thing. I was like, well obviously she's Batgirl. Yeah, don't, was like, yeah.
0: yeah. give this to Wilfred but don't ever look at it. Don't okay, ever look literally at Literally the next scene. Okay, <laughs> yeah. look at that. It. It's like this is pathetic.
2: And like, then he sets up he's like, I thought you might come down here. <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right, Alfred, uh, why don't you just save us some time and <laughs> yeah. tell us Tell her that this was here.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> was he was he waiting for her, like checking the time? Like she <laughs> drafty down because here. Because
2: it could have backfired. What if she didn't yeah, look at it?
1: Exactly. He'd just be sat down there like a mug, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that what? Batgirl suit for no reason. Yeah. What one of the things I just thought about is, um, you know, Batman Forever as a title. Uh, it's called Batman Forever, so it's so, it focused on Batman, but you're introducing Robin. And then this film's called Batman and Robin, and it, they introduce Batgirl, uh, and it's almost like you're, you're almost like you're slightly behind with your titles. <laughs> it's almost like You've titled the film before uh, this, you know, so God knows what they were going to call the next one. Um, I think it was actually going to be called Batman Infinity or something like that was going to be the next one. So they did tee up a follow-up, and then they saw the grossings and the reaction to this film, and were like, "Yeah, we're not we're not doing that um, anymore." Um, and it could have. It's kind of annoying because I feel
0: like almost from. If you said to me, right, I have to, nowadays, um, or maybe say pre-Dark Knight, if I was old enough, say, you can make the next Batman film, what would you do? After watching these four in succession, I would just go, okay, what I would do is I'd do something really dark and I'd go Batman and Robin 2 or Infinity or whatever, and I'd have it as, basically, Batman would die at the end By some sort of really Mm. heroic action. Like doing some massive thing, Saves Gotham. Maybe it kills some sort of another big baddie. Because he seemed to kill all the villains in every Batman film. Um, Kill a big baddie of some sort. Saving them. And then Robin becomes Nightwing. Because that's what I thought they were going to do in this film. Because I thought that's where they were going. I thought the film was going to... Because I couldn't remember all of this. I just remember bits and pieces. But I was like, oh, they're alluding to the Nightwing stuff. They're alluding Mm. to that. And obviously, if I made the next one, I would have made it really gritty. Really dark. Kill Batman. Got Robin to become Nightwing, and that's how it would have ended. Almost, well, actually, I will not say because maybe cause I hasn't seen uh, parts of the N- Nightwing trilogy. But like the certain parts of that that remind me of what they could have done, and it's just like I'm
1: not it's saying they should have made yeah, Batman and Robin, two, that, though. You're right. I mean, you know, the, uh, no one's ever really alluded to what that the the, the next concept was going to be, um, or who the villain was going to be, and that like, they just had a title, I think, uh, and it stopped there. So. Um, y- <laughs> I'm not sure what I would do, you know, on many of the podcasts I've done, I've got you know, we've uh, talked about films and gone, well, if I was going to do this, as you say, so if I was going to fix this film, I would do this or I would have done this with the character. There's nothing or there's too much to do with Batman and Robin. It's one of those films where you get to a point you go, what would you do to fix this? I'd burn it to the ground <laughs> <laughs> and start from scratch. I would I literally except th-
0: alfred. Yeah, <laughs>
2: keep, except keep alfred.
0: Except his storyline in this is really crap. So they I'll
1: no, just say to him, Mike, I'll like, Michael, you wait over there cuz you you are coming back and then you probably get knocked on the window from the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon like can I come back? And he's like
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: point. There's no one there just I just, acting. A...
2: I feel like they just tried to cram too much into it. Like I'm trying yeah. to compare it to the first other the first set of films that we watched. Like obviously excluding Batman 66, but like with those two Tim Burton films, obviously there was only one villain really mm. there was there was the joker and then there was penguin obviously they had Catwoman in the second film but she's kind of a, a different one isn't she but yeah, then in, these... in the
0: second one they had that guy um who's played by That's chris Shrek. Walken, but Shrek, but he was kind of he was a villain but he wasn't like a super villain it was still yeah, Penguin being
1: penguin,
2: penguin is the yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah. so you're right but then in these two films like excluding the animated one they they're bringing in so many villains that it's mm. kind of really confusing because why do they need to be so many villains in one film? Like they've brought in five different villains.
0: Unless there's a point in actually, you know, and actually a reason why that would be it. You know, if you're going to have a film which is going to have a villain team up. But as you say, like for some Mr Freeze don't work at all. And also, what annoys me is that at no point in this entire film does anyone even mention fire. Yeah, and I'm just like you. guys, Mister Freeze, surely Batman's got a flamethrower or something. Would that not that solve
1: that, that sort of solves both of them, doesn't it? Really?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Look, it's, and it's sort of like
0: Pokemon all over again, isn't it? What's what's ice and grass weak to? Fire. Okay. If I I'm not a crime fighter, but I was thinking, if I'm going against a guy called Mister Freeze and poison ivy, you just go with a flamethrower or some sort of batarangs sort. that are like no, heated just- so much you can throw them yeah. through things like red hot batarangs or something. You
1: just, you just go. You go in and you go right. Here's your weed killer. Go deal with her. I'm going in. it. I'm going in with a flamethrower. I'll deal with him. It's not a problem. We're going in with an electric heater. that's all you need. Really.
2: <laughs> that's, that's the thing. That Gordon does. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing
1: that Gordon does, isn't it, Megan? That what, his
0: one. Oh, act yeah, one. The, the
2: only thing that Commissioner Gordon has done to redeem himself is that the ice was on them, and he managed to pull the lever that allows the ice to stop yeah, yeah. well that done one. well done gordon the Good lever in, in mr Freeze's <laughs> that says freeze
0: it's the lever that says freeze and then heat and then you just flick the lever and it goes from being a place which mr freeze probably created this sort of area and he put in a setting specifically called also heat,
2: the hilarious thing comes about <laughs> it is as soon as the heat lever then got put down everyone was fine they weren't, they weren't too cold anymore. They were able to get up and run after Mr. Freeze as if there, nothing had happened, even though a second ago they were literally crippled on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so if
0: you get really cold, like if you get proper cold, even from the snow or something, and you come in, it takes a while to heat yourself back up. It's like, it's, <laughs> Oh yeah,
2: every... you'd be
1: crippled. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I don't think this film deserves any more commentary. Any final thoughts on Batman and Robin other than I loathe this film? <laughs> I'd say Visually. Uh, if I had to gave it just a rating of visuals,
0: I'd say it's an eight out of ten. But because of every single other part of it that comes into the film, including the acting, the plot, the dialogue, the delivery, <laughs> it, it, I mean, when I saw IMDb's three point eight, I, I think it would, it's probably about that. I'd say it's like a three or four out of ten in the basis that it's not the worst film I've ever seen, but I'm, it's just what it's the question is why would you ever watch this if you can watch either the Keaton Batman's. Or any single other batman story there is even even forever i think forever compared to batman and robin it is quite a bit better forever's a bit a couple of moments you go, oh, is this oh. whereas batman and robin is more so the opposite where it's always oh. and there's moments you do, there's like a little moment here and there you go oh that wasn't atrocious and it's okay yeah. it's crap again so i'd give it like three or four out of ten maybe just why would anyone watch this ever watch, over the Keaton ones. What about you, Megan?
2: I hated it. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's so dumb that it's not even funny. Like, sh- movies like The Room are so stupid that yeah, they're Yeah, so funny. bad they're good. Yeah, oh. this film is just shit. <laughs> and I, I probably will never, ever watch it again in and my life. The humour's bad as well. I forgot, that's one thing it's we just, Yeah, mentioned. the puns, there's just humor. too many puns and it's it, just cheesy as hell. Yeah. Some of them have- aren't even good. No, oh. no, exactly. Most
0: of Mr. Freeze's ones were
2: terrible. I am so cool. No, you're and, not.
0: Oh, What was that Robin <laughs> one that you hated? The Oh, I remember it, with the poison ivy. And he said, oh, she's turned over a new leaf." <laughs> oh, yeah, and you're so like, oh, dumb. for fuck's sake. <laughs> really?
1: The one thing is, I'd say, is Warner Brothers didn't le- learn their lesson. They didn't learn the Tim Burton lesson. So they sort of said, they gave, you know, Batman 89 was a success. So they went, Tim, do what you want to do. And he gave, he gave them Batman Returns. And they were like we can't sell this. It's scary. <laughs> and so, they, set, so they, brought, they brought in Joel Schumacher and we're like, Joel, right, can you work with us on this? We want something a bit more lighthearted and fun that we can sell to the kids. We want action figures. You've got it. And he gives them Batman Forever. And it does pretty well. Don't I mean The one thing I would say is Batman Forever did pretty well at the box office. And they went, he knows what he's doing. Joel, do what you want. And then they got Batman and Robin. And they're like, we can't sell this. It's rubbish. <laughs> Uh Does, is Joel Schumacher anything else?
0: I should look this up. But... Joel Schumacher,
1: he did Moulin Rouge. Um he did uh, Oh well uh, Lost Boys. Um oh, really Phantom of the Opera. Uh he did
2: Is that he uh, produced Flatliners? Wow.
1: Yeah, Joel Schumacher did a load of films. This is him out and out doing whatever was... the the thing I'd say is as well that with Joel Schumacher, he's sort of one of these he's open he was an openly gay director in the 90s and stuff and like just didn't care so like, he, he's you know he, he has done good films like don't get me wrong like some Joel Schumacher films are really good Lost Boys is really good
0: no, I mean, Lost uh, Boys is a, is, a, is a cracking film that kind of started the whole that is one of the main films is the reasons why things like Twilight took off because what, the, the Lost Boys well yeah Buff I mean Buffy's ex I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah but Buffy and Lost Boys they're they're sort of the the pre well, the, like the pre-vampire era because there's that yeah, yeah, era of time yeah. where they just shitloads of vampire films um,
1: the, the thing I'd say is, though, recently it came to light two things. Oh, uh, well, actually, if, uh, first thing, if you watch... I've got Batman Forever on Blu-ray. I'll admit it. But there's actually a scene in there. So you know the the bat that they keep flacking to, the one that's got the light coming down on it? Mm-hmm. That's a massive animatronic bat. And there's a scene that was cut out of this film where uh, when he has his... You know he's got the... on his head in the, in the um, Enigma's party Mm. and he has this hallucinatory hallucinatory thing he faces up to a massive nine foot bat and has this confrontation with it they don't fight or anything but there's a there's a like a a moment of narration and stuff over it and i've seen it and it actually looks pretty cool but they were like it's too dark for this film yeah (laughs) that's okay and you're like no no that's what this film needed um (laughs) but there's also it came to like joel schumacher died earlier this year actually Oh, okay. um, and so I will. I won't rip on him for everything because he has done some really good films.
0: We, I, I was just looking. He's done a couple. He's done a Falling Down, which is a brilliant.
1: Yes, film. there you go. Fall, oh, that's what I was thinking. of, That's an excellent film.
0: Mm, so nice. he
1: does. He did some great stuff. But apparently, he let it be known that he had in his possession a nearly three-hour cut of Batman Forever.
2: Oh my god!
1: And so Why? you know, obviously, there was like you know, released the Snyder cut, and then everyone was on to like release the uh, the Ayers cut of. um Suicide Squad. For mm. a brief moment, there was released the sh- the sh- uh, the Schumacher cut. Release the Schumacher cut. One was release it, release it, and then they sort of went. Everyone went back and watched the film and was like, "Don't worry about it. Uh, we're good." <laughs> actually I'm not so worried
0: <laughs> especially because by the See, director himself long it's like the direct, it's not like it was the tim if it was the burton cut of batman forever i'd be interested but if it's older oh no, it's the director who made batman forever with more of it it's like i don't need another hour of batman forever you know it yeah. probably could have shaved about an hour if i'm honest yeah. Maybe half an hour easy an hour probably could have done with it. if it was like if it was, i'll tell you what if batman forever and batman robin was long as batman mask the phantasm It'd be much better movies.
1: Yeah, hour and a half, hour and twenty minutes, you're done. That'd be fine. Um, but yeah, there you go. We've done the bad stuff.
2: <laughs> now we get to do the good stuff. We've I'm excited.
0: The,
1: we've done the really bad stuff.
0: I'm, I'm uh, very, very excited. What, watching the Keaton Batman film says made me more excited for the Dark Knight ones again because I, I, I love, like, yeah, throw my cards, show my cards before we even play. But like, I, I love the three. Dark, Dark, they
1: work as a great trilogy. They are really yeah. up there. And so I'm really looking forward to talking about them. But I'm going to give you some homework. I mean, we we'll, Obviously, we'll catch up when we come back to the third part when we yeah. get around to it. But Tim Burton, obviously also, did you notice at the end of Batman Forever, the Doctor that takes Chase Meridian to see the Joker, uh, see the Joker, see the Riddler? is called Dr. Burton and has oh. wild, crazy black hair. So it was obviously a bit of a, a, a nod to, to Tim Burton. Um, Tim Burton was off, went off and did, or started to make, Superman Lives, mm. in, in 90, and it was going to cast Nicolas Cage as Superman. What the fuck? Yeah, Nicolas Nicholas Cage, 1990, Cage, 1995, Nicolas Cage, 1996, sorry, Nicolas Cage was cast as Superman, okay? Mm. Now, there's a documentary, and I'm not, not going to say watch the whole documentary. There's a documentary called The Death of Superman Lives about why the film started, lived, and died. But go on YouTube and just put in, Superman lives and look at uh, Nicholas Cage in the Superman suit that they created.
2: <clears throat> I can't even so, picture that because Nicholas Cage is nuts. Uh,
1: we'll just go just go have a look at it and we'll talk about <laughs> it when we get back. <laughs> okay, it's that's only fine. Tim Burton, if you think nipples on the bat suit is weird, you wait till you see, you see what he did to Superman.
0: <laughs> I, was, okay. I was just going to, I'm typing it in just to get myself ready. Um,
1: well, you have a good look at that. So obviously let okay, go. But thank you very much, Megan, Mike. It's been a blast and I apologize, but we've had to go through this to get to the other stuff. So, as you say, on the next episode, <laughs> we will be talking about the Nolan trilogy of Batman and uh, all the stuff that goes with that.
0: <clears throat> and what's but, best about it, it's going to be even better as well, especially for you, Megan. It's going to be the, the low point of this because you hate it more than I did. The high points again because Megan's seen you saw Batman begins once in like Italian or something, and then you've seen Dark Knight once or twice, yeah. uh, but you've never seen it's Rises. Seeing
1: so. how bad it can get. All right. It's so, been an experience. Yeah. So if if you've got it, if you've gone down to those lows, you can only get better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you do want to come and speak to us, uh, find me at Twentieth Century Geek on the Twitters. And Mike, where can they find you, and where can they listen to you?
0: Uh, you can find Genuine chit Chat on all your usual podcast places Spotify, YouTube Apple and Google Podcasts you can follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram Twitter and on Facebook and I've got my other podcast Star Wars Comics in Canon and that is on the feed of Comics in Motion they release episodes every Saturday Genuine Chit Chat has episodes every Sunday uh, and I'm just going uh, well actually at this point it won't matter so I will have just come back from a Christmas break as well <laughs> I have two weeks off We're yes. not doing any podcasting after this little weekend which I'm quite excited Excited about, uh, but yeah, at genuine great. chit chat where you can keep up with most things. Yeah, with the editing, recording, and all this other jazz, it's like there's a lot to a lot to do. But 2021 is going to be an exciting
1: year. I got those planned. Yeah. And Megan, do you want any of the nerds coming to find you to uh, argue with you about your Batman opinions?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not interesting enough to have a podcast, but if anyone has a burning desire to follow me on social media, uh, I am on Instagram at grits gets fit and that's G R I double T S, gets fit. And it's a health and weight loss journey. You take first of your food like. I take pictures of my food and just stuff like that.
0: And it's, it's great as well if, when people see it and they'll be able to go back on your feed uh, for when this is released to the Christmas time because it gets all the crazy, the homemade fudge that you've been making and all sorts of uh, other stuff which like is
2: that. not so on it with the health and weight loss journey but yeah <laughs> because <know. laughs> this will be going like in
1: 2021 but just you know we're recording this on the 19th of december so in the lead up to christmas it don't matter eat what
2: you want i've been, <laughs>
1: over the food I've been eating as well and like you say most of it's either deep fat fried or covered in chocolate or both so you
2: know <laughs> or just excessive amounts of cheese which is what i've been doing Yeah, yeah. everything that's what i say <laughs>
1: ladies and gentlemen as i always say we have our usual thing if you like what we're doing enjoy what we're doing come find us on patreon that's patreon slash 20th century geek uh we do a monthly podcast on there called 30 minute thoughts and i also have a quarterly podcast called creator corner where i get on an independent creator to talk about some one of their subjects or projects that they've been working on uh but as usual thank you very much and we will catch you with the cape and cow next time